You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, making yourself better. We're going to try to help the only way we know how, by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness, because DLC is your, is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week brooklyn and made in cookware and ritual they're bringing the show to you dlc of course the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host Slash nemesis. The guy who's got the ball. Three, two, one. Uh, and, uh, and he bricks it. Christian uh, Spicer. Welcome. Hey, hey, Christian, how are you, man? I'm great, man. We had uh, homemade tres leches, which I've talked about on this show. Oh, probably. you love a tres leche. You, uh, you won't have any leches less than trace. No. That's my I understanding. Mean, yeah, it needs... Uh, someone just tried to pour leches, and I was yeah. like, get get out of here. I need at least two more leches in here. Come on. At least two more leches. Um, so I am fat and happy. The Lakers lost game one against the Suns, but I'm glad CP3 is okay, and I'll stop talking because I know this isn't a sports show, but uh, I'm happy to be here. It's another jam-packed week. It is. It doesn't stop, man. And E3 is like next stop. week. It's, it's just wild. Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah, you're going to try to get me to play that bumper earlier and earlier every, every, every week as we get closer. <laughs> I'm, here for it. I'm getting excited, and we have an awesome guest. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but this week I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for Destinations with Lots of Creativity because we have the Associate Creative Director for Theme Barks and Interactive at Pixar and also... A meme creator, I'm told. Uh, Tasha Soner is back with us. Hey, Tasha. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Christian. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. I looked, and I think the last time you were on was in 2016. So oh, it's been, it's been a minute. I don't know what I can talk about then. <laughs> so, so what games have you been playing? <laughs> it was like we had an entire uh, an entire president that didn't exist before then, and we, we moved through. Um, Tasha, I... Christian was regaling me with this uh, this meme that caught on big time uh, recently that has to do with uh, something that basically you created. So w- w- tell me the story. What happened? Um, well, it, it was pretty funny. 
Um, this meme was going around with Boo from Monsters, Inc. That she was making, like, she was crying, like, making a sad face. And then people were putting all these different, like, stuff with her, like, having her driving a car or having her, like, with a video game controller or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and then someone posted one where it was her crying while animating on a computer herself. <laughs> <laughs> and so That's awesome. I thought that was pretty funny because that was me, like, 20 years ago. Her on a right. <laughs> it was like meta reflexive invert right. time is the flat circle it all happening at once to you yeah i could relate to it so yes so i so i put i wrote this is funny because i actually animated this character now when i wrote that i didn't think it would like become super popular but it became like my most popular thing I've ever tweeted. <laughs> so I went from like 6,000 followers to like 18,000 followers in like a day, which is nice. really weird, but, um, but kind of cool too, because like so many people, I mean, it's really weird because it doesn't seem like that long ago to me, but I guess it was like 20 years ago. So people who were like kids when they were watching it, yeah, now adults, and like thanking me for like their childhood. It's just very weird. <laughs> like, I well, don't, I don't feel that, like I'm that old, but I guess I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to talk about that part of it, but the cool part of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's spend some, as, as resident olds on this show, Jeff, I feel like every yeah, time well, we get another resident old, let's, well, uh, yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll burden, we'll, we'll take the burden of being old. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the cool part of it is that the reason those people followed you, the reason that, that it's, it's a big deal is that they recognized, your work like it, it's it's kind of an invisible thing for most of the most of the time is you know you get the voice actor for these characters these animated characters usually gets a lot of credit but that's only half the performance right you, you don't really yeah. know about the people that actually animate the uh the performance into the characters right. yeah there's not a lot of animators who are famous <laughs> <laughs> right yeah or that people even know like what their name is you know yeah um, and I think that usually, usually we kind of like that. We usually like kind of being, you know, behind the character. That's why we became animators and not actors. <laughs> but um, I, it is a very gratifying thing for my job to hear back from people, you know, that, yeah. that, um, that feedback from people that they really, it really connected with them. Um, you know, that is like one of the best things about my job. So, so yeah, I love hearing, hearing that. And as That's that so cool. started to go, and then you started posting some other uh, Pixar pictures or just pictures from your vault, I was like, oh, um, you are responsible for so many of my memories. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's really fun to see. Cause again, a lot of, I think video games share that, right? Where it's like, there are a few names that you know that are attached to a gaming property. Mm -hmm. And then there's the 30 minutes of credits after the game that, a lot of times you don't watch and it's, it's it reminds people that there are people behind these things and uh so my question for you then and you can you can i'll give you an out you don't have to answer but did you ever cry animating boo is that a real life was that really you was there ever a late um, night early morning we're like what am i doing <laughs> i mean i don't think i ever like actually cried but like i tend to when i'm animating i'll like do the faces so like I probably was making faces like I was crying, even though I wasn't actually crying. Cause I, I don't know. I don't look in a mirror or anything. I just like feel it. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool <laughs> yeah, that to, to perform, you're performing and it, it, you know, it's, right. 
It's amazing. Like, and, it's like in slow motion. Like it takes a yeah. week to be done. <laughs> You're performing like an extreme slow motion. Yeah. You come home and your face is still just like in some weird locked position. <laughs> a performance that takes like three years to really, yeah. for, you know, that's amazing. Uh, well, we're delighted to have you back and uh, we're d- delighted to talk video games with you. So let's jump in and talk about the news with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email the DLC feedback at gmail.com. If you want to send comments or questions or your own game reviews, even we love getting them there at DLC feedback at gmail.com. Uh, you can also visit our subreddit, which is five by five DLC reddit.com or our discord, which is five by five DLC on discord as well. Vibrant community of fun folks. I urge you to take part, Natasha, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Um, I think it might have been a slow news week because none of these seem like that big of stories. <laughs> but um, I think I'll talk about the one that was about the Skyward Sword um, anime or not anime amiibo. Amiibo, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Just because like that is a game that I was thinking of of playing because I never played it originally, mm-hmm. um, and I am a Zelda fan. I love like Breath of a Breath of the Wild is probably my favorite video game ever (laughs) it was just it was so good um but skyward sword like i think it was the um the controls being the the waggle control i couldn't get into that so i heard that they're gonna allow the um allow you to play it with a regular controller like with buttons this time we will allow it like so generous you know it's uh (laughs) (laughs) well it's actually kind of an interesting um interesting technique they've used because with the waggle they had these directional sword swipes that were part of puzzle solving and part of enemy specific enemies required specific directional sword strikes and i think they've come up with a really uh, pretty slick way of translating that to the more traditional switch controls um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of interested in, uh, revisiting Skyward Sword. So many people, I think, put Skyward Sword at the bottom of their list of Zelda games. And I know that it had had some, uh, some flaws, but I certainly loved that game. I, I really enjoyed playing that game a lot at, at the time it came out. Well, I just uh, think some fast travel, you know, if they like, uh, you know, update, yeah. like made it a little more user friendly, maybe put some fast travel in because it's well, a you're slog. Luck. You're in luck, Christian. Uh, that's exactly what they're doing. Yes. Oh, instant buy then. I love yeah, that. Yeah, in no, the game. Everybody has been saying, you know, the, the last bit of the game, you have to you have to do a lot of backtracking. And it would be so great to just be able to zip to different parts of the map quickly. And so they are actually instituting that feature on the great. switch. Love um, it. Early word, however, as Tasha was bringing up, is that the way to access the fast travel function is to tap your Amiga, uh, Amiibo figure, your Amiga. We're just to buy an Amiga. <laughs> you just need to time travel to 1987, buy an Amiga. No, uh, is to tap your Amiibo figurine to your Switch, and then that is uh, unlocked. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I kind of, you know, when they first came out with Amiibos, I thought it was kind of a cool idea, kind of a clever idea. And I really, you know, I we have a few of them. I don't have a ton of them, but 
Um, we have some of the Zelda ones. And so when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I would tap one and get like some items and weapons and stuff. Um, I, I think it works better when it's just like a cosmetic thing. Yeah. But when it's a costume or something. Yeah. Mechanic. Then I don't know. It feels like then people are going to get sad that they're missing out on something or because a lot of times those amiibos are hard to get too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially in, really in today's world where people are lining up at target to get Pokemon cards, not a target anymore. Target style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Did right. you see the videos of Walmart from this past, uh, drop? No, I it try was, to avoid all videos of Walmart. No, you got it. I think it's Tuesday, Tuesday or was it Wednesday when they, when they did the restock? I mean, it was supermarket sweep mixed with roller derby. Just <laughs> unbelievable. But yeah, getting, I mean, Amiibos, the hot ticket Amiibos have always been hard to find. 2020, in 2020, gosh, I can't say it. In 2021, everything is hard to find. Yeah. And then, like, part of me is like, okay, well, Skyward Sword, you're getting the game. If you buy the game, you're getting the game. It's the same game that it was before. You know what you're getting into, or you can read about it, and they've HD'd it or whatever. But this seems like such a quality of life improvement that to have it be one hard to find potentially and two twenty five dollars, I think it is. That feels (laughs) well, it feels dirty. That's the twenty five dollars part is is I think the double whammy because that's ten dollars more than what you usually get for Amiibo prices. Now, granted, this particular Amiibo, I think is a little more uh, grand, I guess, a little... It's bigger, it's two characters. Uh, it's it's Zelda herself and uh, one of those... Whatever those things are called, those bird creatures from Skyward Sword. So it's it's a pretty involved ami- amiibo, but yeah, it's $10 more than you usually... They usually charge for like, amiibo. Fast travel is like a standard thing in like modern games. So it almost yeah. feels like... <laughs> it almost feels like when they added... Didn't they add jump or something? <laughs> and they were like... We had a jump, <laughs> you know. You like, need to buy this piece of plastic. That. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, now. To be fair, there has been no confirmation that the feature requires the amiibo to unlock. There may be some other way to unlock it that we haven't been told about yet. But when friend of the show and Waypoint reporter Patrick Klepek straight up asked Nintendo if the feature was accessible without an amiibo, Nintendo PR just pointed him back to the amiibo official website so not a good sign not a good not a hopeful sign it's a bit it's a bit frustrating and you know they've done a lot of these um these re-releases they are pretty consistent with including these quality of life upgrades into the game that are just standard in the game that don't require amiibo and as you said tasha most of the amiibos have been you know get a sweet new outfit or unlock a a dog, right? There was a couple that felt like cheats, right? There was, um, there was a uh, the the top stat horse for Breath of the Wild you could get as an amiibo. Hmm. Do you think? Do you, do you consider that to be equivalent? Well, I don't. I get. I didn't know about that one. So, I mean, we only had a couple of them, so they only gave us like I think some weapons or something like that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Fast travel just seems like something that. I don't know. Everyone would want it. Would just make everyone's like gameplay better. So I agree. Why not yeah. give it to everyone? <laughs> it feels uncharacteristically cynical from Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. It, it feels like something a, a a crass cash grab for a company that 
tries to, I, I think, tries to create a, a an identity, a a brand that isn't that. Um, so hopefully they will update this, and it, it won't be something that's tied to the amiibo because an extra twenty five bucks just to fast travel is is a little steep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird, right? Like, is it? You know, now that this thing's out. Uh, this idea, you know, when does it, and maybe even the, I think the Amiibos may be out to pre-order. I don't think it's actually out yet, but like, what's the, if there is a walk back, what's the walk back? Is it like, don't worry, everyone can buy this feature as DLC and it's $10. It's that price difference, (laughs) you know, just like unlock, or do they make the fast travel free? But then the people that have the Amiibo are a little angry. It does well, you could do a yeah. thing where you know you you unlock the fast travel in the game, but the amiibo unlocks it immediately. Early. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a little bit of a yeah. threading the needle there a bit. Uh, but either way, I agree with you, Tasha. It's not not ideal, and it kind of puts a, a bit of a bad taste in my mouth for this entire product, which I was kind of excited to try on Switch. Um, so we'll see. But it's 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 releasing soon. I think June something, right for this. Uh, I don't have the date here, but yeah, I think it's coming out soon. Um, yeah, I'm not excited for it. Oh, do it July. <laughs> July. Yeah, July. Um, all right, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Uh, are you guys are you guys ready for? Um, there's this. Get back in. Go, we got, we're in our Amiga. We went way back. All right, we went yeah, way back. Yeah. Way, 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 way back. Okay, and then now he's zoomed forward a little bit, and multiplayer games were all the rage, and shooters were all the rage. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember, but there was a little game where you could play as a monkey. You could play as all these fun, wacky characters. It's almost like when you were time traveling, time was split. Mm. Um, it's almost like you were Ape a escape. time. Yes, Ape Escape. <laughs> you were an Ape Escape. <laughs> uh, my story, I think, is interesting. Is this idea that Deep Silver is forming a new studio to? for the sole purpose of bringing back time splitters they're creating a new free radical studio which is the free radical was the studio behind time splitters before and now not only are they working on a new time splitters they're naming the studio free radical again and they're bringing back time splitters veterans to be a part of and lead this team one i love time splitters so i think that's exciting two i'm super curious what time splitters in 2022, 2023. Yeah. I think would be ambitious. Uh, All indications are that they're literally just starting. So I I think we're 2023 at the earliest, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting question. So what, what would you be your answer, Christian? Uh, I I was talking to John Warren from Fanbyte about this on Twitter. And and I feel like, I feel like I don't think it will be, but I think it would exist best in a Fortnite model. I think a free to play time splitters where you have a few characters. And I mean, that game already was this collection of characters across time. Like it, it was a metaverse before Fortnite was metaversing, you know, they didn't have IPs that were pulling in, but it was all these different types of characters across a vast spectrum of, of looks. I think it could really work well in that free to play model. I just don't know if, Deep Silver hasn't really done a lot of that yet. And so I don't know if this will maybe be their first foray. But Tasha, I, I mean, I could be completely wrong. But to me, I see that as the moneymaker for this game. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, I feel like every... I was listening to your conversation 
like either, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but were you talking about um, more companies wanting to go free to play? And I was just thinking like, yeah, it's just like when everyone wanted to do Facebook games or do MMOs, you know, it's like the hot thing right now. They see how well Fortnite is doing and, and um, you know, Overwatch or, or Minecraft and they all want to be the next, the next one, but barely any of them can be the next one <laughs> right <laughs> yes. for all of them yeah it's so true it's so true and i think that would be an interesting take on on time splitters i i mean you'll have to forgive me dear listener because uh time splitters was never one of my games it was never it's not super close to my heart so perhaps i'm not giving it its due but my sense of time splitters having lived through it and played it and at, at its time was that it, it, it? It's sort of like a name that carries nostalgia, but it doesn't really represent anything. And Christian, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think they they have the potential to completely reinvent this IP if they so choose. Because, like, what what do you expect from a Time Splitters game? There's no, I mean, some time traveling and some shooting, right? That's about it. No, I and expect I, guess, a, I expect a sense of humor. I expect right. fast gameplay, gunplay, kind of you know, wacky powers and guns and weapons, um, a multiplayer focus. I don't expect a single player first person shooter campaign um, and tons of modes. Uh, and maybe not now if I look back at how many modes there were, but I remember before just like the amount of options for private matches and things that you could do, especially for a console based multiplayer first person shooter game were just astronomical. It, it is a game. I think they did a three. And I don't think three, did they do a three? I mean, it was a game that very much was a moment. I remember my friends and I, you know, we sure. would all get together and do it. But for whatever reason, it just kind of, it, it fizzled while Halo and Call of Duty kept. Well, it was a moment because it happened when there weren't very many of these kinds of games around. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that nostalgia trip that we're on right now is, oh man, I remember that game being amazing because it didn't really have many peers to compare to. It, it was amazing because it was groundbreaking because, oh my gosh, we could play this type of game at home on consoles. There just weren't that many of them. Uh, but now there's a billion D of them. And so the only thing it's got is the nostalgia, the, the, the name recognition, which is, it's a cool name. I just, and maybe I'm being unfair here, but I just don't feel like it's, it, there's much there it, it's cool make, make a great shooter awesome call it time splitters great I, and all those things you mentioned funny uh fast-paced multiplayer focused cool but i don't know what like i don't know what sets it apart there's nothing that immediately sets it apart it, they ha- i think they'll need to reinvent it for the modern age and it'll have to compare well against a very crowded field of great shooters yes and that's why i think it will you know, if it's able to do it, and as I just mentioned, it's hard to do because everybody's getting into it, but that field more and more feels like a free-to-play um, right. mm-hmm. battlefield, which we'll hear more about very soon. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think it's different when you ha- when you hear something like, oh, there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles brawler coming out. It's like, yeah, those brawlers are few and far between, and it's a throwback to a kind of game we don't have anymore. But Time Splitters is a throwback to 
a kind of game that was just emerging at that time and now is ubiquitous. Yeah. So we probably have a connection to those characters, which I don't know if Time Splitters has like, you know, a lead character or anything. Right. Yeah. I, I, never, I, I, played, I never played those, so I'm just I'm just guessing. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. It, I mean, yes, Christian's right. There was a monkey. I remember that. <laughs> there was a collection of characters, right? It was yeah. no, yeah, no protagonist that you kind right. of latched onto. And that's where I feel like now, if they went that, I if they did some original characters and then also went into an IP route, I think it could be something a la Fortnite or, or even Call of Duty now with their 80s action, like their diehard, you know, and uh, I think it's Predators in there now. Um, but I don't know, that's, Deep pockets. Don't get me wrong. Deep Silver is spending <laughs> a lot of money on a lot of things right now, but I'm yeah. excited. I think if you are going to do it again, what has me excited about this is that if you are going to bring back Time Splitters, this doesn't feel like an empty IP cash-in. Uh, I think by naming the studio Free Radical again, they're really leaning into it. And by bringing back, um, it's Steve Ellis and David D- Doak. Um, okay, yeah by bringing them back to kind of head this studio folks that worked on it, I think says a lot of their, you know, they're trying to do right by it. It's not, you know, here's this new uh, Ninja Turtles thing, just use your analogy again. And it's like, and it's an RTS (laughs) and you're like, wait, I I guess I'm into that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm rooting for it. I hope it's cool. I I do feel bad because there's evidently a, a fan project called Time Splitters Rewind, which hasn't come out yet. And one would assume that the fact that this IP is now going to be in active use, they may have may run into some trouble. Uh, you know, if they, I'm sure that Deep Silver doesn't want a fan project coming out to compete with their IP. So I, I would be worried about all the work that those fans have put into. You're saying the fan project might be in some Deep Silver? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, uh, <laughs> my story of the week, um, I guess, is just an excuse for this. We're having an E3. It's coming up real soon. It seems weird in a lot of ways. It's weird because we didn't have one last year. It's weird because I'm thinking about E3 and I'm not thinking about making appointments and waking up early and driving downtown to Los Angeles. It's super weird. It's also weird because we don't know much about, like I'm getting the press emails. I'm assuming, assuming you are too, but it's yeah. maybe other people are getting more. Greg Miller clearly getting more. They have a very <laughs> well, great, he's hosting it. Right. Clearly getting more. <laughs> they have a great talent attached to this thing, but I feel like, I mean, it's a week away or what? And I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, yeah. don't I didn't even know it was coming up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we are. It's almost June. It's happening. Uh, it seems very strange, but it, it's going to happen to all of us uh, virtually this year, in 2021. And uh, news this week that newly acquired Bethesda that in recent years or, you know, last year, notwithstanding, but the years prior to that in recent times, had done the Bethesda press conference, was one of the big publishers that threw a Bethesda press conference. Always one of my favorites to go to, by the way. Always had very good food. Um, And they did a carnival one year with a full Ferris wheel and craziness. It's been a pretty eventful uh, pillar of the major publisher conferences. 
Well, because they are newly acquired by Microsoft, uh, we got news this week via a French outlet uh, that said that Microsoft and Bethesda are going to do a joint press conference this year for E3. Um, They don't know what they're going to show, although there's some indication we may get an update on Starfield, although there's some news out of Bloomberg that says that Starfield is, quote, nowhere near done, uh, which means probably not before late 2022 at the earliest, probably later than that. Fallout 76 was also nowhere near done, but it came out, you know? Zing! (laughs) Zing! (laughs) Uh, Anyway, you know, this isn't isn't huge, earth-shaking news. I think we all assumed Bethesda wouldn't be having their own press conference now that they are a subsidiary of Microsoft. Uh, But I'm curious what you guys think as far as how joint a press conference this will be. Tasha, do you, can you imagine a Microsoft event and then it like turns into a Bethesda event? Are they going to ha- maintain their own identity or is it going to be? And now Todd Howard will tell us about some Bethesda games. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that Bethesda like keeps their own identity as like, um, you know, they they're mostly known for making RPGs. So I think they will probably have, you know, their section within the Xbox um, press conference. Um, so what's this game Starfield? I don't, is there, is that a new Bethesda game? Yeah, it's their big upcoming, uh, sci-fi role-playing game, a new IP. This is the game that the, the, that the core team at Bethesda, the role-playing game team is doing before the next Elder Scrolls kind of in tandem, but they say this is going to come out before the next Elder Scrolls and it's that team. So this is going to be the, the next big, you know, meaty role-playing game from Bethesda Studios. Um, but again, you know, not near, they say, not, not anywhere close to done. Uh, and it's supposed to be a more aspirational sci-fi than Fallout, which is, you know, a little depressing sci-fi. I know. Um, I never really get into the Fallout, like, universe. It's just so bleak. <laughs> it is very bleak. That is for sure. Um, um, so I think this one is supposed to have a, a little bit brighter tone. It's more... We really don't know much about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um and Bethesda does have a history of not talking about stuff till it's really close to being released. So I, I would guess Microsoft is much more anxious for them to spill the beans or at least tell people that Starfield is coming and what, what it is earlier well, I think than because like, you know, so many people are scrambling to buy PS fives right now. So they probably yeah. like, really want them to give some like cool news. That's going to make people want to buy a, buy an Xbox instead. So, I mean, yeah, I love the Elder Scrolls series, so like I, I'd be interested in that new space game. <laughs> yeah, I think so, I, I think you're know. spot on. Might I think you're spot on with that. Xbox. Yeah, I think that, I think that's exactly what Microsoft would want out of it, and probably why you know they would. Who, who knows if Bethesda is already excited to tell people about it? But I would I would suspect that even if they weren't, Microsoft would be like, it would be super great if you guys wanted to talk about that Starfield game. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, maybe they have other stuff to reveal as well. Uh, Christian, do you, would you like, if you were scripting the Microsoft press conference, would you, you know, lights change, logo changes, now we're in Bethesda's press conference for a second? Or would you rather it feel like another one of Microsoft's announcements? It's just Bethesda's part of the family. It's a first party. We're, we're all here. 
what what do you think aesthetically would be most interesting? I think for this first one, this first year, you do make it feel special. You yeah. do run them out a little bit. And and I mean, what I was going to ask you, Jeff, is is if you think that, the, you know, how long is this thing going to be? Because Bethesda would have a lengthy press conference yes. by themselves. Also, uh, I don't want to put words in both of your mouths, but I could listen to Todd Howard talk forever. So <laughs> I always loved the Bethesda press conference. And, you know, I think they want to give him time. He's great on stage. Phil is also great on stage, but Todd owns that space. Fans love him. He, he, presents information in a fun and engaging way. He soaks it up. He wears Indiana Jones jackets while he's out there, you know? Well, the uh, other thing that they do at the uh, Bethesda press conferences, I think more than most, Ubisoft does this a lot too, but uh, Bethesda is really, I think they they lean into the, our games create a sense of community packages. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always the like creators and then the fans and then all the th- all the fan-made cool stuff and like lengthy 20 minute presentations that really aren't about announcing anything but are just sort of like Bethesda the brand and the the people behind it and the humanity and the care and the love all that stuff feels like we'll hit the cutting room floor in this I don't version. Know. Well maybe that stuff lives at QuakeCon. You know because that's the thing a, mm. a huge part of this company is has always been that you know yeah. and the, the company's changed a whole bunch over you know it is part of bethesda is part of microsoft like you know the layers of the oreo yeah. but i think that's a big part of that company and i think microsoft would do themselves of a disservice if they didn't tap into it like when you mentioned how would they present it uh i'm not looking for inside hot goss and it only could be this long but tasha i'd imagine it's they're looking to something like Disney and the way they do D23. I mean, Disney literally owns all of my childhood, right? And you go to D23 and they don't cross stream. It's not like Star Wars is out there uh, and they're talking about the Obi-Wan Disney Plus show. And then all of a sudden, like Mickey Mouse runs out on stage next to you and McGregor and is like, and also I have a new animated show. It's like they, each, they get their own moments as they walk yeah. through things. Yeah, we try really hard to like keep all of the the, the- companies like units separate <laughs> yeah we try to keep like pixar with our own like brand identity um so i think i think because like bethesda has such a huge following like i'm you know i'm one of them like if they don't tap into that then yeah they're they're really like missing out on something and i think it it would convince a lot of people like to buy an xbox so yeah i think they they probably will like have have their own like whole section of the show. I think that would be cool. And and I appreciate your Disney reference, Christian, especially with our present company. But if you'll indulge me, my, my go-to reference is when the WWE <laughs> subsumed WCW. And uh, <laughs> I suspect it's going to go down a little bit closer to that <laughs> where the, you know, right around the time when uh, WCW got, got purchased by uh, WWE, they made a whole big deal about it, and then like six months later, they just you never heard about WCW. <laughs> it was just it was just all WWE. So um, you're, t- you're telling me I'm, I'm I am going to get the uh, Joker and uh, Property Brothers crossover that I've desperately wanted. Now that Discovery owns Warner Brothers, also is that what we're going for? <laughs> just this? Yes, yes the Joker I'll no longer and hear about. Brothers. I'll no longer hear about DC Comics or anything like that. It will just be. <laughs> 
flipping this house with Batman. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, a lovely fixer upper with a huge spacious cave underneath. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Well, the prior <laughs> owner is very angry. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's funny. I think they're uh, separate brands. I really do. And the, even the way they talked about all of this so far, it's that it's a they, they painted it a lot more as a partnership, I think, than as an acquisition. Sure. They have, and I yes. think they want to keep those identities. Even last year with yeah. Double Fine. Yeah, yeah. They, I was going to say that. They bought Double Fine, too. So they, they probably, I would guess that they would have like a little section for Double Fine to say what they're working on, too. Yeah. 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 We shall see uh, very, very soon, I think, how it's all going to play out in the uh, newly revamped uh, all-digital, all-stay-at-home-and-watch-it uh, E3, which I'm excited for. Um, and it'll be here sooner than I'm ready for it, quite frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's other news, but let's get to the games that we have been playing. Uh, first, I want to thank our first sponsor, which is Brooklinen. Oh, my goodness. A lot of things uh, might be up in the air in your life right now. Certainly for me, uh, it has been a tumultuous first part of 2021. And yet here comes summer uh, chugging down the track. We've heard we heard the train of coming. That means E3 usually meant the beginning of summer for me uh, because it was so hot walking around the convention center. But um, another thing that I do when I'm welcoming summer is swapping out my bedding. I know that maybe isn't something that you immediately think about, but you want to move your comforter. You don't have that big, thick winter comforter. And I'm so excited about a new comforter from Brooklinen. Brooklinen has, they do my sheets. I've been, I've been loving my sheets. You've heard me talk about my Brooklinen sheets for years now because it's really upgraded my whole sleeping situation where formerly with my life, uh, I was in scratchy sheets that, that were cheap and didn't feel great. After I went Brooklyn and there was no going back. It was luxury all the way. And with their Memorial Day sale happening right now, Brooklyn is offering site-wide savings on all things comfort for this summer and beyond. So Brooklyn was founded by the husband and wife duo Rich and Vicky, and their goal was to create beautiful luxury home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. So they work directly with manufacturers to ensure that premium, high-quality comfort can be delivered at a fraction of the retail price. And they deliver it directly to your door at the click of a button. We're talking ridiculously soft bedding, towels, loungewear, and they're so confident that you'll love this stuff. It even comes with a 365-day warranty. Uh, oh, and did we mention they've gotten 75,000 five-star reviews and counting? Yeah, people love them. I'm one of them. You can stock up on all things summer comfort and shop the Memorial Day sale now. And if you're listening to this podcast after Memorial Day, don't worry. You can still go to brooklinen.com and use code DLC for $20 off your first order of $100 plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code DLC for $20 off your first order of $100 plus free shipping. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. All right, it is time to talk about the games that we have been playing this week. Tasha, what is on your playlist? 
Um, well, I'm going to be kind of boring because I've basically been playing one game for the past year. <laughs> and <laughs> That's that amazing. Is Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> you are one of them. The <laughs> this game, this game is is like bigger than it's ever been, and people absolutely devoted to it. And it sounds like you're one of them. Yes. Uh, well, I was. I'm a convert from WoW. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> okay, I, Owen I, Wilson. Wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. 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 Man. Wow. <laughs> I I was playing WoW for probably, well, basically the whole time it was out. Um, And then about a year ago, it was kind of near the beginning of when I was, when we're all staying home. um, um, I was just kind of waiting for the next expansion to come out and was kind of bored. And and, um, my husband started playing Final Fantasy. He was like, I think you would like this. I'm like, I know I would like that. That's why I'm not playing it. <laughs> Amazing. I know I would like it too much. <laughs> so I was trying to resist, but you know, we have a lot of home we had a lot of home time. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna play. And yeah, I just got like sucked in and, and one big part of it is just the community is so nice, like and very welcoming to new players. And part of that mm. is is the way that the game systems are set up. Like they put you in a chat group that's just for new players called Novice Network. And they have mentors in the game, like that are players that have earned the mentor status. And so they're in that chat room also. And it's almost like this self-policing community where they they will kick people out like real quick. And, <laughs> you know, if you if you misbehave or spam the chat channel or whatever, um, I love that. That should play. be all games. All games yeah, should have I that like, self-policing community. Yeah, I feel like WoW could definitely like learn some things from some of the kind of um, the ways that they kind of welcome in new players in this game. And then mm-hmm. also the fact that one character can play all the different classes. So like once you've leveled up one class, you can keep leveling up. There's just a whole bunch of different classes you can try out on the same character. So then it keeps... Then they incentivize the the older players or the you know the veteran players doing the new content always, so the new players still have people to run stuff with. Um, and I found a really good guilds are called like um, free companies in that game, so I found a really good free company, and everyone's just like so nice. The oh, the other thing that I felt like is really welcoming to new players and like kind of keeps the community a little bit nicer is like at the end of a dungeon you can give someone a commendation so like you can compliment them for doing a good job so it's like positive feedback rather than negative feedback which i feel like you always get negative feedback in wow yeah (laughs) that's really a great i think i think that's a really astute point and i feel like there was another game did overwatch kind of do that didn't you could like give people um like vote them up or something when it launched I remember um, Overwatch doing that. Was it someone I'm confusing it with? Oh, I feel maybe like it was a ga- game oh, where you could gosh, like, yes, you like play of the game or like you maybe vote it was for Overwatch. the MVP or something. Yeah, um, I think that's great. I think you make a really great point about positive feedback instead of negative feedback mm-hmm. because I think the you know even the idea of self policing we think of as being well ban people or kick people out, but it would it's 
I think so much more effective when it's just rewarding good behavior right. rather than punishing bad. Right, right. Yeah. Like if you get a certain amount of commendations, then that's when you can become a mentor and you can mentor yeah. other new players. So it's almost like this cycle of like promoting nice people being nice to each other. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, just in general, the the community is really nice. Like I have met some toxic people in random dungeons, but I'd say like for the most part, it's like just really nice. Um, also just all the characters are really pretty and like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's final fantasy I mean, after all. I'm an artist. So like, that's really important to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like you, the outfits you can dress your characters up in, they're really varied and like really detailed. And like you could, you could go from like, um, just like your classic, like final fantasy, like, um, medieval looking wizard outfit, or yeah. you can wear like a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. With a chicken <laughs> head, <you know? laughs> I love it. So tell me about the, tell me about the, the, the transition from playing wow to final fantasy 14. Did it, is it, was it smooth? Is it just picking up another MMO or was there a learning curve that was a little rougher? Um, I'd say it was overall like really smooth. Like it's overall the same kind of gameplay. So you've got yeah. your action bar at the bottom and you're, you get, you gradually get your abilities as you level up. And then you, um, you know, you press your buttons, like when your abilities cool down and all this, it's all kind of the same thing. And then you have a party of four players. So each player has a role. So you've got your healer tank and two DPS in your standard mm -hmm. party. Yeah. Um, so I'd say overall, it was really smooth, a really smooth transition. Although they don't, I, I think WoW does a little bit better job of um, tutorial tutorializing, <laughs> right? Yeah, your, uh, the gameplay and explaining stuff to you. Although, man, it's been so long since I was a new player in that game, and it's really hard for me to remember what it was like, even. But, um, but definitely, Final Fantasy leaves some things like to be discovered or. I definitely have to look on the internet a lot for, right. <laughs> you know, guides yeah. and things because um, they don't explain a lot of things. Yeah. Um, the, the thing, the biggest thing I've heard from real uh, devotees of, of Final Fantasy fourteen people who are obsessed with it, is how good the storytelling is. Did you yeah, find yeah. that to be the case? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Like, there's, you know, like most JRPGs, there's a lot of cutscenes. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of long cutscenes, so you have to be prepared for that. I mean, you can skip them, but I wouldn't recommend it because I do think the story is really well written and really good voice acting. I'm playing it in English, and a lot of Japanese games I'll play in Japanese because I think the voice acting in English isn't the greatest. So um, yeah. we we talked about this, I think, yeah. on Twitter too. But a lot of times, and it's kind of something that, in my ignorance, I went over my head, but it's animated to that Japanese voice acting as well. So you'll watch it in right. English and the timing feels off or the, the emotions seem wrong. And it's like, well, no idiot. You're <laughs> reading, you're watching it and it's not native language. And that was a real aha moment for me. Like, Oh yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was like when I worked on kingdom hearts, like when we, when we did the cutscenes, like in the English versions, there's some like really awkward pauses and stuff because because in Japanese, it's like not as awkward, but then when they put the English in, it's like, 
I don't know. It just doesn't flow as well. But, yeah. um, but anyway, in this, in this game, the English voice acting, I think is really well done. Um, and yeah, it, it's a really, I'd say it's a very epic storyline, like, you know, with some, some really like cool moments and really, um, you know, they have the same group of characters that go with you through all the expansions. So you really get to know the characters too. Um, along cool. the way. And it just had, was it an anniversary last week, two weeks ago, or uh, well, the yeah, player celebration? A, yeah, it was a fan fest. So um, this is actually, I mean, since I've been playing, this is the first one that they've had, and it was virtual. Um, but I think it's like it's like their BlizzCon or whatever. Um, but uh, I think it's a little bit more, seems a little bit more homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then BlizzCon, I don't know. BlizzCon seems like a huge uh production. But right. um but they were they were just doing some new announcements on their next expansion that's coming out in November. Um that's called Endwalker. So I'm really excited for that. Um but yeah. So you're in. Yes, you're you're hooked. Not to go anywhere for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is your game. You're in. You're you're no there's no going back. Wow wow is uh uninstalled yeah i know it kind of made me <laughs> sad i felt guilty at first <laughs> like yeah. i was betraying wow yeah, che- cheating on your game yeah i know i know but yeah. staying with your husband so it worked out you know like you had to cheat on one <laughs> <laughs> no my husband's playing too actually so uh, yeah you well, so I meant, See, you're staying with faithful. final fantasy and you've moved on from from wow as a unit um, yeah, so we're, yeah we're both playing so it's it's pretty fun awesome final <laughs> fantasy 14 i know man people it's not it's anybody that plays that game it's not that they like oh, i like that game it, it is a love affair it really is people love final fantasy 14 so i i feel like i'm missing out a bit yeah what's kept your crew it. from it jeff because there was a time when you would jump onto any mmorp well, like you and your crew would jump on anything we did it- we did at launch when the game right. was bad we played final <laughs> fantasy 14 <laughs> Uh, and, you know, years, years and years ago when it launched, uh, we all jumped on final fantasy 14 and I played until, I don't know what level, but we played for a while and we all hopped off of it. And now, you know, the game has, has, was relaunched and like completely different. And we never just, we never looped back around. So uh, despite having heard how great people think it is, uh, now, but, you know, I think everybody universally agreed that it wasn't great when it launched, but it, it got, yeah. You know, they revamped the game and did a bunch of changes to it, and now it is beloved. So maybe I'll have to revisit. Um, but that's not the only uh, game of that kind of vein you're playing, right, Tasha? Um, yeah, well, I felt like I should have something else to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of days ago, I downloaded the demo for, um, what is it called? Project, Project Triangle, Triangle Strategy, which is a very weird name. But yeah. Um, it's a game that Square Enix announced a couple months ago that is a Final Fantasy Tactics-like game. Um, yes. So, you know, grid-based battles, turn-based battles with little character sprites um, moving around. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, those are really, those are my kind of games. I love the tactics games. Me too. Um, I think... The last one I got really into was Fire Emblem. The last Fire Emblem I really liked. Um, um, this one, the battles definitely seem like something I would be into. The 
dialogue and writing feels very stiff. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because it's like not finished yet, but it's sort of the opposite of what I was talking about with Final Fantasy Fourteen. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's just very weird. Like when when writing is written like kind of like an old style, sounding like a medieval style, like very formal, not using any yeah. contractions. But then yeah. the voice actors that they got are all like sound sound like modern American voices, <laughs> and it just doesn't mesh well. Mm. Um, this like old style writing and then modern American accent, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I'm so used to hearing like a British accent with those kind of stories. I don't, yeah, it's very, it's very weird. But when the game comes out, maybe it'll have a Japanese option, so I can. <laughs> are, you, are you digging the the gameplay uh, yeah oh, yeah the gameplay seems really cool like um it's like those tech cla- it feels very classic like definitely yeah. a, an ancestor of final fantasy tactics um but with a few new kind of um mechanics like when your characters get like surround an enemy you can attack them and then your your um your teammate will also attack them automatically um, right and then one thing I did really like is it seems like they're putting more storyline and things to do in between the battles and the decisions that you make will influence who, which characters will join your, your army um, along the way. So that seemed really cool. Um, that does sound cool. So yeah, I think, I think I would like to play it. The second battle was really hard. I, <laughs> it's like, it said that I had to be level 10, but after the first battle, I was still only level eight but they don't give you a chance to level up in between. So I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> maybe the final well, game will have difficulty levels and I can play on easy or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's really pretty looking too. I, I, yeah. was, I love that, that aesthetic. Kinda, um, Octopath traveler. Yeah. Kind of uh, depth of field look to it. So yeah, yeah it looks really pretty. Yeah. Uh, again, that is project triangle strategy. The demo that is out now, the game I think is a bit farther out, but uh, cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, you and I have been playing uh, the same game this week. It is a new release, uh, an EA game that hit Game Pass, which is why I gave it a shot. Uh, It's called Knockout City. Knockout City. Yeah. um, It's a multiplayer only um, a game that I will tell you, uh, this is to me the... um, the epitome of Game Pass, right? Which is, uh, this game was announced. I watched the announcement. Couldn't have been less interested in this game. Uh, <laughs> the aesthetic is, is is lovely. It's fine, but it just it didn't grab me. Not super excited about the look and look of the game. It's cartoony, and the character models are a little goofy looking. And it's fine. It's it's not unattractive, but it was like the aesthetic doesn't grab me. I'm not a multiplayer only shooter arena shooter guy uh, in particular. People who listen to this show regularly know that well, that that's not really my genre. So I just couldn't have been less interested. And yet here it is, drops on Xbox Game Pass. Why not give it a shot? Why not give it a try? Uh, were you more into the game in leading up to it than I was? I, I, w- I was more interested. And I think it, it, it has paid off in my expectations, I think, have been delivered. To me, it, it felt like on reveal and feels like on playing – it's kind of this mashup of um, Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Radio, whichever you you prefer, um, and Splatoon, 
mm-hmm. and um, kind of a, I don't want to say Fortnite, but kind of Fortnite also of like, you're building your character and you, you, you know, customization of skins and emotes and you have your glider and that, but it's the feeling of Splatoon and Jet Set that I think really bring it to life. And then that it's not, um, it's not a shooter, right? That's kind of what makes me get that Splatoon style feeling to it where yes, essentially it's a third person shooter, but it's not, it's you're playing dodge brawl, which it has, it has all the trappings of a shooter, but the specifics really aren't, as you said, aren't a shooter like Splatoon ostensibly a shooter, but not really. Right. You're, you're, you should be painting the ground more than you should be trying to paint your enemy, which you can, yeah. but you shouldn't. And I, I, I really have enjoyed my time with this game. Um, the mechanics are easy to pick up. And I think, you know, I don't know if difficult to master is the right, the right word, but I could see how playing with a group of three, there's strategy into how you're kind of running the maps and what you're looking to do. And, you know, someone might play more like a heavy or more like a tank. Uh, other characters don't have different abilities, but how you might rush or flank um, when you throw a different character, when you power up, who rushes for the power ball. Oh, it also has a kind of early Rocket League feels to it yeah. as well. Um, where right now people are kind of figuring out the the physics and, and stuff like that. But it's, it, it also feels newcomer friendly where you're not aiming the ball. You hold down right trigger to power it up and it locks on to whoever's near you. And you can, you know, then kind of pick if there's multiple by changing your view, but it's not first person shooter or third person shooter aiming. And then you let go of trigger and the ball goes to that person. Like the only way you're missing is if they run around cover or otherwise break line of sight, but the ball will go to that person and then it's up to them to catch it at the right time. And so if you're getting these kind of epic battles of back and forth, Typically, you can time your catch pretty well, but if you're running around a map and someone's behind you, it, the HUD lets you know that you're being targeted, but you're kind of spinning, trying to see where they are. You see it too late, you get hit. Really fun moments, and there's a fake throw. So if you do get into those battles of like throwing, catching, throwing, catching, you can try to fake somebody out or spin and put some English on it. I found some really fun, I don't know if I'd say full emergent gameplay style things, but like really cool competitive juke out moments in the game that had me itching to do one more game and the games don't overstay their welcome like i've mentioned this on the show before i really like valorant i like a 90 percent of what that game does i don't have like an hour to play it you know like and that's a big deterrent for me knockout city jump in i'm playing on my xbox series s i'm in a game very quickly i play I have 10 minutes, I'll play one. Then I end up playing five, <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm in for that quick minute. To me, you said it feels like the perfect Game Pass game. To me, and we've said it earlier on the show, it, it I it's a free-to-play game. Like, I, I don't know how this isn't the Fortnite model. It's hard for me to complain because I'm playing it for free via Game Pass, but I don't know how this game exists as a, as a paid experience in today's day and age. I don't know how this game would survive without game pass. And maybe Mm. I'm just totally wrong. Well, I'm going to go even farther than you. I love this game. I love this game. This game feels like the answer to my prayers as far as wanting a arena shooter for that. I can get into. Um, And I think you kind of touched on a lot of the reasons that I love it. 
it doesn't, I don't need to have those twitchy aim down the sights, get a headshot skills. There is a, I think, a evident, an evident high skill ceiling in this yeah. game. It, it is not skillless. Just because you're not aiming down the sights to, to knock off a headshot on a person across the map doesn't mean there isn't a lot of skill to be learned in how to win. Uh, and it's interesting how the game finds other ways to allow that skill ceiling. Um, like you said, the timing of catch. So you're playing dodgeball, right? You're playing dodge brawl. You're playing dodgeball. Everybody's played dodgeball in grade school knows that somebody throws a ball at you. You try to either dodge it or catch it. And I love this mechanic of imagine playing a first person shooter where somebody shoots you from across the map and you can catch the bullet or third person. Or third person, right. But I'm, what I'm saying, the, the idea is the arena shooter where yeah. the thing that I get frustrated about is, oh, I'm dead. I didn't even know where that came from. But the game tells you, you know, puts a big red box around your screen and says, uh, you're about to get hit. If you can find that ball and time it correctly, you can catch the ball and not get hit. Everybody has two pips of life. So you can get get uh, walloped twice before you're, before you're out. Uh, you'll respawn respawn. yeah yeah yeah. um it's this game i just kept playing it i couldn't stop i had so much fun there's all kinds of really cool clever things like you're running around the 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 map picking up balls dodge balls to throw at people there are special balls each map when you start it will have a special kind of ball that can do cool uh special attack but for the most part, you're running around grabbing balls and you can you just run over them. It picks it up automatically. You'll have it as long as somebody doesn't knock it out of your hands. You can lunge your body at people and bop them. It doesn't hurt their health, but it can knock the ball out of their hand. It can knock the ball if it's being thrown at you. You can lunge and try to hit it out of the air and not get hurt. Um, you can bop people off the edge of the map and score KOs. And so if there's you this- catch it. It's powered and ready for you to immediately throw back. It's not just a defensive move. It could work yeah. really well. So, like there'd be time for all run into a fight being like, I got this. I'm going head on into a fight. I'm going to trust my catch and throw. And if you time it right, because there is that power or, or penalty for missing a catch. It's like that, yeah. you know, whatever it is, a 10 delay. frame delay. Yeah. But if you're able to catch it, you get it and it's fully powered. Whereas otherwise you pick up a ball and to get your good throw, you have to hold down right trigger for a little while but if you get a successful catch it's already fully powered up that other person you can get a quick shot off really really fun engaging super fun and then they've got this wacky thing where you can literally tuck into a ball yourself (laughs) and become a ball for your teammates it's called like i think is what they call it yeah it it allows a (laughs) a a special attack uh, a number of different kinds of ways where you can literally be picked up by your team or the other team can pick you up and then they've got you as a ball and you have to mash a button to get out of it. So clever, so fun. I, I, this game was is a huge shock to me how much I'm loving it. Uh, I, I played round after round after round. I, I didn't want to stop. I find the uh, the upgrade path and the unlocks to be completely uninteresting to me well like, just they're all cosmetic it's, it's, it's all, well it's it's a cosmetic but i think the cosmetics themselves are pretty unappealing as far as i'm concerned like i'm down for a great cosmetic i'm down but i think in this this game's aesthetic and it's it's 
just how you know i you get a new face you get a new hairstyle i I like again it reminds me of jet set a lot it's this yeah neon future or like neo future of like um uh high school kids you know like sunset overdrivey too yeah yeah i really like it and i like the maps too the maps maps are fun yeah. And I'm sure, again, this is like opening weekend. So this is when I've been MVP the most. Like next weekend, I will hate this game and I just get railed by. Well, but I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm rubbish <laughs> at these kinds of games. And, and even losing, I was having a great time. Even losing, I was like, oh, I got to, I want to play another one now. I want to, I, we were getting into these, you know, 10 to nine in the deathmatch yeah. games. I was playing, there's a mode, they're like rotating modes out week by week and there's a mode that i was playing uh that unlocks later on where you uh you you knock you hit people and they drop diamonds that you have to collect uh which was super fun um there's like a 1v1 mode which is wild Uh, it's it's really clever and really fun and i the point i was trying to make about the unlocks is they're they're fine but i was so unmotivated by them the thing that was keeping me coming back was just wanting to play more. It just mm-hmm. was really fun to play. It felt like the answer to all of my complaints. And again, these are complaints about me as a gamer, not about these <laughs> games, right? But it, I just don't ha- have a lot of fun playing arena shooters because I'm so skill capped. I'm so <laughs> limited in my my ability. Right? Yeah, it's just not very fun. But this this somehow seems to introduce a high skill ceiling, but in ways that don't feel like it don't feel um, discouraging to me. I, I, I find modern arena shooters to be super discouraging. Cause I just, I walk out and I die out of nowhere. And this game, it, it completely eliminates that feeling. You always know when a ball is coming at your head. And even when I would get, you know, hammered by two people, boom, boom, right after each other and die immediately. It never, I always went, oh, I can't wait to jump back in. It never felt unfair or it always felt like I had an option if I had just timed my catch better or dove out of the way better. It's, it really answers all of those things that for me personally push me away from arena shooters. I, I think this game is really great. I I love it. I also really, excuse me. I also really love the speed of it. It yes. feels fast, but not Unreal Tournament fast. You, you know, it's not breakneck where you, you, you're you constantly spinning. And it feels like it's a good speed where the maps aren't huge, but because of the character speed and you slow down when you're charging your ball, that yeah. people can still be out of range, quote unquote. Yeah. And the 3v3 default match size feels great again where you can be swarmed if a whole team runs up on you but your teammates are never that far so it's these feelings of we talked about this for um oh gosh what was the totally different style of game 2d platformer uh black and white blob um i forget the name of the game oh um inside inside yes we talked about an inside how it captures that feeling of like you just make a jump as the thing comes for you like knockout city has that gives me that same feeling of like my teammates were right oh we were we were right there to do that thing and we didn't whereas in cod or or Fortnite, you know there are times when you were just your sol (laughs) you know you're so far gone that you don't feel like the tide could have turned and and knockout city has that balance i i hope people give it a shot and i hope it has i hope it has legs past this opening week i 
I'm really glad I tried it. This is a game that I could not been farther away from something I'm interested in. And I just tried it because it popped up on Game Pass and I figured, why not? I don't have anything else to talk about this week necessarily. <laughs> like it, it just, it, I, it was a revelation to me. I played so much of it. I, I, I've been texting people like, jump on, play this with me. It's, it's really, huh? I'm... Well, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't, I didn't know how uh, you were going to feel about the game. And I wanted to find out in real time on the uh, show. But now, yeah. now that we know that we both like it, okay. let's play together. I really want to. It's <laughs> yeah, so it's, fun. It's fantastic. It, it is really, really fun. Again, it's called Knockout City. And uh, it's on Game Pass. Uh, I think it's on PC as well. It's on EA Play, too, if you are yeah. just do, like it's via EA Play on Game Pass. But if you're just an EA Play person, yeah, um, it's available there. And I don't know how much it is on. It's coming to Switch or out on Switch, but it's also on PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, and Switch already, if not soon. Huge, huge, biggest surprise of the year for me so far. Like, I, just a game that I would never guess that I would like. And here I am, like, raving about it. Um, I'm trying to find the price uh, for Switch. Uh, 20 bucks. No, 30 bucks. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, Block Party Edition. Not, 20 bucks hmm, that feels and okay. a deluxe block party edition 30 bucks i don't know so. what was in that that i'd want <laughs> the, so you're the, telling you, me it's the, the price it's the price of fast travel yeah, exactly <laughs> price of fast travel in zelda yeah. uh what else is on your playlist christian actually you know what first before you do that i'm gonna uh, thank our sponsor um we have a new sponsor this week uh, that i'm very excited about because i'm sure you've heard me mention uh listeners over the course of the years, uh, I've gotten into cooking and we have a new sponsor called Made In. And this, this is super exciting to me because as I have fallen in love with cooking, I have come to realize the importance of having great tools, kitchen tools, things like knives and pans, kitchenware, cookware that is capable of making restaurant quality Food. I mean, that's really the thing that separates great restaurants from people cooking in their home. Oftentimes, it's the tools that they're using to make things. And Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for people like me who love to cook. They source the finest materials and they partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. So this is like the high-end, really good quality stuff, but because it's, you know, cutting out the middleman, you don't have that crazy markup that you often see with these restaurant-quality cookware. And made-in products are made to last. They offer a lifetime guarantee. That is huge. I can't tell you how many pans I have bought in the last few years that have just... just destroyed been been uh i'd have to replace them very fast lifetime guarantee their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven which is awesome been watching these um these videos these uh these chef videos lately about how to do um the the best omelet in the world and they start on the stove and then they put the omelet in the oven and i literally don't have any cookware that can do that because it has like rubber handles and stuff that would just melt in the oven made in 
is made to be able to do that. Their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. And they have 28,000 five-star reviews and counting. Their products are used by some of the world's best chefs and Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made in. Check this out. If you go to madeincookware.com slash DLC and use promo code DLC, you can get 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash DLC and promo code DLC. M-A-D-E-I-N-C-O-O-K-W-A-R-E.com slash DLC and that promo code DLC for 15% off. Made in better cookware for better meals. All right, Christian, tell me what's also on your playlist. So, you know, I had kind of been lamenting uh, exclusive games this generation a little bit, some of these big first parties. I know we got Returnal, and I know Ratchet & Clank um, is likely going to be my game of the year when it comes out. I I don't know. The year's still long, but gosh, that game looks so good. It does look good. Um, Well, Sony keeps doing this thing where they keep, updating their old games and making them 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And so I'll I got, just say, I got just completely drawn into playing God of War again because of that. Yes. So that free patch has come out for the last of us part two. Um, and it, it adds a 60 frames per second mode. In addition to the other stuff that already existed when you play it on a PS five, faster load times and stuff like that. So I need to start by saying, I personally think Xbox handles backwards compatibility better. I I don't want people yelling at me and emailing me saying, you know, Xbox added all these games to frame boost. Yes, they have. And they're incredible. And I don't talk about them enough. And I think it's because there are so many. I feel I I just it overwhelms me. And I try all of them like this is so good. They've made it so good. And Xbox is knocking that out of the park, in my opinion. Absolutely knocking it out of the park. The other side of that coin is Sony made some of my all time favorite games last generation. Yeah. And they've added 60 frames per second to them for for the PS5 when you play them backwards compatibility. God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, and now The Last of Us Part 2. And I don't consider myself a frame rate snob. You know, oh, it's only 30 frames. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to play it. I don't consider myself that person. But... (laughs) That's what this generation is doing to us. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Going back to it now... And playing it again in 60 frames, it feels so good, guys. It feel I mean, don't get me wrong. The game feels horrible and oppressive. I love it. I love it so much. But it's still the same. The story doesn't change. <laughs> it's still The Last of Us Part Two. It's still gut punch after gut punch, which is why Knockout City was such a welcome palate cleanser for me. <laughs> but my gosh, what Naughty Dog did with this game last gen on PS4 is is breathtaking and going back and seeing it now at 60 frames per second i mean it it i think i texted you this it feels like it's the best modern gen game like the yeah the best ps5 or xbox series game and i i love this game clearly i'm biased i hosted the podcast blah 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 but and i thought i'd go back and check it out for a little bit i'm deep into the last of us part two <laughs> i don't think i can revisit that game I'm, I'm i would love to see the uh the frame rate update but man i don't know if i even want to go it's like well, re-watching a hard to watch movie i won't well, name because... a specific one because 
people know what specific one I might reference and I can't evidently. Well, how about, you know, like rewatching like a real, real tearjerker, like Mitchell's versus the machines, you know, like, um, (laughs) like United um, 93 or something, you know what I mean? (laughs) But to just go back, just do the beginning, you know, and you know what happens in the story. So the beginning is still kind of a, but just to see that the the opening levels in the snow, it's, it's beautiful. And, the fluidity to it like the animation was there you know like that's i, I don't know the wizardry and and tasha maybe you can speak to this like did you play that game tasha did you play uh, last of us part two no um i those games are a little they're just so yeah 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 <laughs> they no, no you more. don't even need to finish that <laughs> sentence we get it we get it but may i yeah. ask you an I mean, animator question watching the trailer i'm like cringing yeah you know, cringing so I, I will. I will tell you. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that. It gets a lot more, a lot darker. In fact, but how? I know animating, or it's not like you're you're nine to five right now. You're not making faces over the course of three years right now. Um, but how does that? How how do you frame rate boost? Like I, that part of it, it just doesn't like. Are they? Is AI adding in? And I'm sure there are different solutions for it. Yeah, I mean. I would guess that it is it is probably some kind of uh, yeah program that adds in the in betweens um, because we've done that a little bit on theme park stuff just because we animate in twenty four frames a second um, for film but then if we're doing like an animatronic figure or something like that it has to be in thirty frames a second so we do a little bit where it'll stretch our animation and then automatically add in extra frames. But then every once in a while, it'll make something look a little weird. So you have to kind of go in and touch it up. But, um, you know, it works pretty well for the most part. So I would imagine that they do something like that for these. Yeah, it's fascinating because it, it looks, I mean, to my eye, it, it looks like it was built for it. You know, all of these games, Ghost of Tsushima and God of War and now The Last of Us, just absolutely, absolutely stunning. So if you haven't played it and you are one of the fortunate you to have a ps5 um i highly recommend the last of us part two it's a fantastic game it is hard emotionally yeah that's the game that's the story it's telling but if you've been waiting to play it and you haven't yet i think it's 1.08 this patch is phenomenal it's phenomenal if someone sat out the ps4 generation but somehow got a ps5 and and like what a delight what a treat to be able to play these <laughs> games this way on this system, you know, if you've got a nice TV that has HDR and, and can support, you know, uh, 60 frames, that is, it, it, I mean, that's better than any of us played these games originally. It's just going to look so spectacular. Yeah. Um, it's, it's real yeah. nice. It's real nice. It's, and also, to that end, I've heard great things. I haven't uh, played with it myself, but I've heard great things about Days Gone on PC as well. Um Yeah. So hopefully there's more PC, Sony PC games in our future also. But yeah, Last of Us Part 2, I love it. Did Still. they do a patch for uh, Horizon for PS5? I think they did, right? Didn't they? I don't remember. It was free for to get until not too long ago. I think so, but I don't I don't remember. Interesting. Um all right, well uh yeah, that's uh that's what we've been playing. I I do have some uh, VR stuff I want to talk about. So let's jump into VR talk. Just VR. 
been getting a lot of emails lately from folks who are just getting into VR, just picking up an Oculus Quest 2, uh, mostly. That's the majority of the the emails and asking about great experiences. I've, I've, Christian and I have recounted our favorite Oculus Quest 2 games uh, many times <laughs> over on the show and on Twitter. Um, but I have a new one that I might add to the mix. Uh, I think it's a fun arcade game. I, I kind of wish the game was had a little bit more meat to it, had a little bit more exploration to it. There's a game that I absolutely adore that I'm not sure is on Oculus Quest 2. Uh, I know it's on Steam, and you could play it through uh, Link cable or or uh, over the air Link now, which is standard on Oculus Quest. But um, it's called Windjammer, or no, no, excuse me, Windlands Two, Windlands Two, uh, Windjammer, very different game. Uh, Windlands Two, great, really underrated game uh, that makes you feel like Spider Man a bit. You're swinging around and exploring this really cool environment that's kind of blocky and it's fascinating wonderful game windlands 2 great vr game the game i'm talking about this week was actually recommended to me by cody from florida thank you cody for emailing me about this because it was not on my radar radar at all this is an oculus quest game called swarm vr which kind of does a little bit what uh Windlands 2 and Windlands and Windlands 2 are doing, which is kind of making you feel a bit like Spider-Man. But this is as if maybe if Spider-Man and Iron Man uh, had a baby, <laughs> they would be you in Swarm VR. You are swinging around on uh, ropes, grappling hooks, whatever, webs, whatever you want to think about them, uh, that shoot out of your hands. Uh, and you also have guns in your hands. So these guns have grappling hooks that shoot out of them. And there's an alien invasion, and you have to stop the aliens. And it is a straight-up arcade game. It's almost like Windlands and um, uh, Space Pirate. What is that game? Space Pirate? Space Pirate Trainer? Trainer. Thank you. I couldn't think of the third word. Space Pirate Trainer. Uh, It's as if those two games had a baby. Um, Because you're swinging around uh, on the... There's these, like, pads that are hanging in the air, and you're over water or lava or all these different things in the level. And you have to stay suspended. You have to stay aloft. If you fall, you'll die. So you have to stay going, swinging, moving around these environments. But they're sort of self-contained environments. You're not moving around a big level. You're just in this kind of arena. And dozens and dozens of spaceships are portaling in, being coming in from outer space. And wormholes are opening up. And these spaceships are coming out. And you're blasting them. So it's very much an arcade game, you know, Space Invaders. Uh, where you're just blasting these these ships out of the sky like space pirate captain um, trainer. Why why can't I speak? Um, anyway, it's 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 that fun arcade stuff where you're getting multipliers. Uh, certain ships will drop little gems that'll add to your point multipliers, and you're just trying to get a high score by blasting as many of these ships as you can and avoiding rockets and stuff that they shoot at you, but doing it while Spider Manning around the level. And it's just a blast. It's so fun. I wish there was a bit more exploration to it. I wish the levels were a bit larger and it wasn't just these stationary pads in the air that you're zipping around. It's fun to keep yourself moving and swinging. And I experienced zero motion sickness from it. Uh, and, And in general, all of these swinging games, for whatever reason, the body 
when you do the arm swinging motion, you kind of mitigate that uh, motion sickness for most people, I should say. Um, so I didn't experience any kind of discomfort playing it. And it's fun. It is real fun to swing, you know, swing around blasting. Then you swing with this hand blast. You got guns in both hands, uh, grappling hooks in both hands. You can double grappling hook and pull yourself up to fling yourself high into the sky. And, you know, you're blasting as you fall. And then you swing at the last second, like Spider-Man. Good fun, really clever mechanic. Um, I just wish there was a little bit more to it. I mean, it's a $25 game. Easy to recommend if you want a, a cool, fun experience uh, in VR and a game you really can't play out of VR. Like the, the experience does not translate out of VR. It's really fun to, to swing and shoot and aim and swing around. It's also great that it's on Oculus Quest because not being tethered, you know, I was spinning in place all over the place and not getting tangled in wires, which is one of the benefits of being untethered. You were um, virtually tethered, but indeed, indeed, <laughs> but not physically real world tethered. Uh, so swarm VR is what it's called. And thank you to Cody from Florida for emailing me about this game. I had no idea about it. It, it was completely off my radar. So uh, I, I bought it and have been having a blast with it. What's the progression? Is it just kind of like arena based, uh, mm. you know, akin to pistol whip where like you'll clear a area and then you go to the next thing or is it t- telling a story or is it just pure that it, arcade kind of thing? It, it's score chasing for the most part, but it's, uh, you know, there's leaderboards and stuff. Um, but there is a loose story. It's cheesy and tongue in cheek and intentionally g- goofy and humorous um, and told through like little, um, comic book panels basically uh static comic book panels but presented in vr so there's like depth and layers to them they look sharp but it's goofy i mean it's like it's a bit duke nuke on me right they, they you know it's the world is under attack by aliens and so they get the coolest dude at the beginning when you see him he's like doing curls and talking to the president on the phone you know it's it's goofy intentionally so but it's fun um so i mean the the story is thin right um but motivation uh, but, to play the next arena yeah, or whatever yeah yeah and then the arenas themselves just are a cool visual changes and where the placement of the hooks for swinging are you know it's there's not much not much variation there but i think i wish it was a bit more like windlands where it's really a whole level in a world that you can discover and swing through i think that would be fun if you were swinging and shooting through a level like that would be really cool uh, but easy to recommend swarm VR for 25 bucks. Can't, can't really go wrong. Um, we also got a, an email uh, from somebody else that wanted to recommend a VR game. This comes to us at DLC feedback at gmail.com. It comes from Mark who says, uh, oh, from marketing. Don't listen to him. No, He's trying no. to sell us something. Don't, <laughs> I know the guy. Um, yes. You're yes. You're, I've never you, seen him in person, but he cannot be trusted. It's weird. I've never seen you guys in the same place at the same time. No, yeah, I have a restraining order. Uh, it, it got bad, so. <laughs> yeah, after that whole marketing fiasco. Anyway, this is a different Mark. Uh, okay. This is uh, Mark who sent us an email saying, hey, I'm a new owner of an Oculus Quest 2. I'm loving everything about it, and I'm very impressed with the recent PC AirLink and 120 Hertz updates. Two games have recently come into my radar, and I thought I'd share. One is called Dash Dash World. It's a beautiful Mario Kart clone. Who doesn't want a Mario Kart game in VR? It has great wacky courses and an art style that is beautiful. 
Control is precise and easy, and comfort settings are vast enough that everyone should be able to stomach the high-speed movement. And the other was just released, Demio, which I think I talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm super impressed with as well. A Demio is an animated interactive dungeon crawling board game that you can play by yourself or with others online. The presentation is exquisite and makes me wish all board games were this. Uh, check them out sometime. Uh, there's some great YouTube coverage of both as well. I love the show and look forward to hearing your voices every week. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I totally second the Demio recommendation, as I said on our show uh, the week it came out. Uh, I just think that game is is, is real fun. Uh, and especially if you're into uh, dungeon crawls and tabletop, it's it has so much charm. Uh, but I have not checked out Dash Dash World, so I'll have to give that one a look. It's a Mario Kart clone. If you have recommendations for us, don't hesitate to send them to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That brings us to our third sponsor, which is Ritual. You've heard me talk about Ritual uh, because it's the multivitamin that I take, my wife takes as well. She's been taking it longer than I have. Uh, And uh, we love knowing what we put in our bodies, you know, what's in our multivitamin. We want to know. And you deserve to know what's what's going into your body as well and why, especially when it comes to something that you take every single day. And that's why Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. You get to know what's in it, and you know what's not in it. And what's not in it is stuff like sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. And the fresh taste and delayed-release capsule design make taking your vitamins easy. That's what my wife likes most about Ritual is that it doesn't upset her sensitive stomach. She's had problems before taking vitamins that, you know, you'd have to take on a, with food. And when she takes them on an empty stomach, it can agitate her stomach and she doesn't like it. Ritual designed specifically, specifically not to do that which is great. And that's why my wife chose to take Ritual and why she's been taking it for uh, quite a while now, I think over a year uh, as part of her weekly ritual. We also like the fact that we don't need to think about it, right? You don't need to worry about uh, how close your vitamins are to being out. Why, do I need to order some more? No, we're on a uh, a, a subscription. So our multivitamins are delivered delivered to our door every single month with free shipping Always. And we can always start and snooze or cancel our subscription anytime. Plus, if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order, your first order, which is uh, pretty wonderful. Uh, and it's now available for women, men, and teens. The uh, Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. And it's always traceable. That means you know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to their one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. That's ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash DLC for 10% off your first three months. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Asha Sonard, thank you so much for being with us. It's been so much fun having you here. Thank you. It's been awesome. Tell it's folks awesome where they can keep guys. up. 
Ah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> tell folks where they can uh, keep up with you and the things that you do online. Um, I am on Twitter at Tasha Sonart. That is spelled T-A-S-H-A-S-O-U-N-A-R-T. And yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, we do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. Uh, but Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? Yeah, Twitter's the best way to keep in touch, at Spicer. And then this week for me is uh, delivering all of the digital stuff for my comic book consequences. That is that is this week. Everything's going out. I uh, got the wallpapers and, and all that fun digital stuff that I'll be sending out. Looks great. I'm very excited. And the physical books are officially they're at, at press right now. So that's going to be my week. And then also hopefully watching the Lakers win some, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they haven't won enough things. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Warriors fan. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and uh, hear me talk about sports, I guess. I'm at <laughs> Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, you can also hear me talk about movies and TV shows by listening to my podcast, which is called The Slash Filmcast. You can find that at slashfilmcast.com. I also do a comedy science show where we try to inform you a bit about science but also make you laugh it's called we have concerns you can find it at we have and uh, i do the dungeon run which is my live play dungeons and dragons show uh it's really more of a storytelling show you don't need to know anything about dungeons and dragons to enjoy it but it is uh, uh something i'm very proud of uh, a really fun exercise in improvised storytelling and i think the story we're telling is pretty great so check it out. You can find us on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run. Uh, you can find us as an audio podcast. It's great. We do it's live music scored as well. We have these incredible musicians that score the show in real time, which it, it makes the show so listenable. If you will listen to it as a podcast, it's awesome. It feels like an epic, epic audio book almost. Uh, so you can check it out that way by searching for The Dungeon Run wherever you get podcasts. Uh, or you can watch us live. The live show is pretty wild, too. It's fun. The community is so cool. Uh, you can check that out 6 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays at twitch.tv slash the dungeon run. I've heard people describe the community as the Final Fantasy 14 of <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> indeed. 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 Uh, all right. Uh, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes. Um, it's a podcast that I've been listening to for the past couple of years. And um, it's called Strong Sense of Place. And it's um, it's really nice to listen to nowadays when I haven't been able to travel for over a year. Um, because the podcast is about... Um, each episode is going to a different place and talking about the place but then talking about five books that take place there and that wow. um, evoke a strong sense of place of whatever place they're talking about. And um, I've gotten some really good book recommendations, but it's just um, the couple that does it is a husband and wife team and they just have a really nice uh, friendly rapport and um, they joke around with each other and, and they also have a blog and a, and a newsletter and stuff. So um yeah, it's just a really 
it's a nice podcast, especially right now when I haven't been able to travel. But um, yeah, strong awesome. place. Strong sense of place. Uh, it's, no, uh, it's not one I have listened to, so I'm going to have to check that out. It sounds awesome. Christian Spicer, what about you? You got a parting gift? I got two. One, uh, I think I texted you about this. The folks at BandPass, uh, the website's BandPass Design. I've been emailing with them. They sent me this beautiful dice bin. I'll get it in camera there. Oh, my gosh. It's Ooh. so nice. Yeah, I'm jealous, dude. My youngest felt it, and her quote was like, oh, my gosh, I want to live in it, Dada. It's uh, It's really nice. Um, are you rolling dice for something that I'm not aware of? Dude, uh, I, I, I've been the only person this whole pandemic that keeps listing board games. People assume we're not doing tabletop time because of me. My family's been gaming, bro. I love it. I My love it. My family's been gaming. Also, I, I, li- I, I live gaming. roll with Dungeon Run while you guys play. I had to see what I would get. You know, I'm like, <laughs> 20 right. again. What do you know? All right. Um, but I don't have space for this. And I, anyway, friendly emails with them. It was very nice of them for them to send me this. I love it. It's exquisite. They also, if you have the space, they, they have the Dresden board game table. It oh, looks yeah. like like mid-century Danish. Oh, like awesome. a, It could be your dining room table. And that, and it's this yeah. beautiful gaming table. Um, hidden, hidden latches. Yeah. Turn transforms into gaming table. It's really yeah. nice. If so you have cool. the space, I have not seen that in person. I cannot speak to its quality, but this dice bin is fantastic. It's band pass and I, uh, they listen and that table looks beautiful. And I'm sorry, I, I don't have those. space for it because I want it. <laughs> When I, I move out of California, when I move out of California and get a basement, I'm, get, I'm getting one of those. You wouldn't need to put it in the basement. Right, but I could. You could. You'd have a very classy <laughs> basement. <laughs> the other parting gift is one I've hinted about, and that it's playoff basketball. It started, and I probably mention this every year alongside playoff baseball when it happens every year. But you can jump in. You don't have to have watched the whole season. Pick a team. It doesn't matter. Go root for the Bucks. Root for the Nets. Root for the Lakers. The Clippers. You know the Suns. Uh, pick a team and just ride the emotional roller coaster. Playoff basketball is always very intense, uh, and I'd recommend giving it a shot if you are into um, tensions at their highest. <laughs> are you into tension? <laughs> I, 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 I love the sport of basketball, I but I love the heightened stakes. Basketball eight teams. May, you know now it matters, and the stakes are very high, and I love it. There's almost yeah. always a brawl, not a brawl, but like altercation at some point in the series there's already one in game one of the lakers suns game uh nice i love Tension. i love i love i love it there's not enough in your life watch sports <laughs> uh <laughs> i mentioned uh, finally discovering the youtube channel that i guess everyone knows about but me uh vsauce uh, recently and i've been loving vsauce it's just it's great. Everyone knows about it. Millions and millions and millions of views. But it has led me down the path of other science YouTubers. And I've been getting really into another channel that you may not be so familiar with called Up and Adam. Uh, Up and A-T-O-M, Adam, uh, which is great. It's great. I highly recommend uh, a video I just watched called Why, me, Why We Might Use Different Numbers in the Future. And, you th- you know... It, you think about numbers as being these constants that we didn't invent, but we just discovered, but it turns out our numbering system, our decimal numbering system, our 10 based numbering system, it makes sense because we've got 10 fingers, 10 toes, but there's a lot of different kinds of number systems out there and some that are actually more effective than our decimal system. 
really fascinating video about it and a great YouTube channel about all kinds of cool science stuff that uh, I have really enjoyed watching. It's called Up and Atom. We got a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Adrian, who writes, uh, Hello, Jeff, Christian, and guest. I wanted to share with you the work of Korean acapella group Maytree. They are really talented, do covers of popular songs, and have a successful YouTube channel. They seem to have gotten a lot of attention in 2020 due to their cover of pop culture themes, like movie intros, video game soundtracks, and even sound effects from your favorite hardware and software. Some of my favorite videos are the movie intro melody, excuse me, movie intro medley, and the Super Mario OST medley, and the Avengers theme. You can check them out uh, by searching for Maytree, M-A-Y-T-R-E-E, on YouTube. Keep spreading the positive vibes. Thanks, Adrian. I did see these guys. They did... um. They did the, uh, like the booting up of windows in 1995, you know, but it's, it's all just human voices. Really amazing to see them recreate sound effects like that with just the human voice. Uh, good stuff. Maytree. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Tasha Soner and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks that are hanging out with all of us live, uh, as we record by watching our Twitch stream and seeing the video version of the show. Thank you for that. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you who download the show and listen every week. We are grateful. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.